Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast going to get your reaction from the Denver Broncos win. 16-0 over the Tennessee Titans. Defense pitches a shutout first time since 2017 in doing so. It is Vic Fangio's sixth career NFL shutout. So we'll discuss that today on the podcast, how the Denver Broncos got it done against a Tennessee offense that, quite frankly, is not very good. And maybe we should ask this question. Here is a question. Was it a bad Tennessee offense or a great Denver defense? So we'll get into that today on the podcast and then of course we'll also discuss what Denver needs to do as we turn the page to Kansas City. Also catch up with Justin Simmons on the podcast as I got a chance to talk with him post game one on one. But first our friends over there at tab 14 1920 Blake Street just a hop skip and a jump away from Coors Field 70 Colorado beers on tap 100 Colorado distilled spirits chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Go on over there and check it out. Tab 14 on the web. That's tab 14.com tab 14.com So The Broncos get that win against Tennessee. That is a big one. And look, um, this is a season that is now got some life to it. Uh, This is a Denver team that, uh, assuming they can take care of business against Kansas City, all of a sudden it's a new ball game. They are a game out of Kansas City for the division lead if they were to win on Thursday night. So look, I don't want to look ahead too much because I want to talk about this Tennessee game, but I'm just showing you where Denver actually is in the scope of things. We saw, of course, San Diego, uh, excuse me, not San Diego. I still call them the San Diego Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers uh, continually struggle as well, too. Kansas City has lost two in a row, and look, this is the Denver team that may be in position to kind of climb out of the cellar all of a sudden when everything looked very bleak. Let's start on offense for this Denver Broncos team with this game. And, uh, boy, it was a brutal offensive game, period, in general. Just uh, There was one point where there were 16 first downs, 16 punts, and 13 points. There was just not a lot of offensive efficiency, and it really um, it really was offensive inefficiencies. It uh, was not so much a, a great defensive battle battle. Um, there were great defensive plays made, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the offenses were so inept. And I think this is where you got to go back to the drawing board if you are the Denver Broncos and Rich Scangarello, because that was a per- poor performance. Uh, it really was. It was plagued by penalties. Uh, Ron Leary getting called, I-, I believe, multiple times on the offensive line. Garrett Bowles also with a holding call. Joe Flacco ineffective. The run game not really there as well. And look, they did enough to finally get into the end zone and kind of seal it on a 16-0 win. But for a majority of the time, they couldn't finish drives, lots of field goals, and Overall, you score 16 points at home in the NFL, and that's not a good recipe to win against most teams. Now, 
flip it to the defensive side because this is why they won and that defense became, well, exactly what we thought they could be. This is a defense that is really starting to put it together in, in their efforts against Gardner Minshew, um, in, in shutting them down, uh, their efforts against the Chargers, in, um, look, a frustrating and flustering Phillip Rivers. This is a Denver Broncos team that is really starting to find their gear and footing on defense. And look, uh, shut out the Titans. You only allow the 13 points to the Chargers. Um, yes, you do allow uh, quite a few points against the Jaguars, but of course, uh, let's remember, they were in position to win that game, and unfortunately, uh, things just don't go their way towards the end of the game as the ball bounces a little weirdly. But certainly, they have learned from that game and they've um, they they got to Marcus Mariota. They got to Ryan Tannehill. It's simply put, is they got to the passer and they made him feel very very uncomfortable throughout a majority of the game. Uh, Demarcus Walker with a nice little game. AJ Johnson with a nice little game. Derek Wolf put their right guard on skates, pushing him back right into Marcus Mariota, all a part of the seven-sack effort for the Denver Broncos. And uh, look, got to give a lot of credit to Vic Fangio and some of the adjustments that he's made. Uh, Shelby Harris also getting into the sack party as well, too. Now, Von Miller uh, officially recording half a sack there. I believe he split that one with Alex Johnson. Um but more more so than anything, I think a lot of people are wondering why isn't Von Miller really showing up on the stat sheet? Two tackles in the game, only the half sack. This is a um, Broncos team that um, is is getting opportunities elsewhere because of Von Miller, and I'm so tired of hearing people saying Von Miller is not pulling enough of his own weight or yada yada yada. Just stop. Just you either you either don't know football. You're not watching the game and not paying attention, or you're just trying to stir the pot and make up a nonsense narrative. Uh, this is a Von Miller who was triple teamed several times in this Tennessee game, always getting chipped, uh, constantly having a lot of attention his way. And look, even in times, there was a, a play against Ryan Tannehill where uh, he kind of spun over the left tackle and immediately forced a quick throw in which otherwise could have been a um, longer completion for Ryan Tannehill. There was a moment against Marcus Mariota where he forced the incomplete pass when the Broncos or uh, the Broncos rush two, and Marcus Mariota um, ends up having to throw it away because Von Miller, in pursuit, uh, breaks the pocket too early. And look, uh, this is a Broncos team that gets enough of a pass rush from Von Miller, and it is effective. He is allowing Derek Wolf to have one on ones. He is allowing Demarcus Walker to have one on ones. He is allowing Malik Reed and uh, Alex Johnson, Alexander Johnson, to have these opportunities to win their battles. And credit to those guys, they are winning them. So this is a Broncos team that look. Um, they they are seeing the fruits of the labor of Von Miller appear in other places, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you can't just look at the box score and say, oh, well, he only collected two tackles. He obviously had a bad game. That is just not the case. And 
uh, you know, just watch the game and, and watch the player. I watched him very, very closely, and he was very effective against the Tennessee Titans. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tab 14. All right, I do want to ask that question, though. How much of this was a great defensive effort, and how much of this was just terrible, well, offensive play in general from the Titans? We'll talk about that next. So again, welcome back to the Broncos Blitz podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K Radio. On Twitter is the Broncos beat the Titans sixteen to nothing. Here's the deal. This is a interesting game to discuss. I think in several ways because a lot of people are coming at with a narrative of this being a Denver team that beat a bad offense, and that's why they look so great on defense. I understand that, um, and I and to an extent, I'm going to agree with that. I'm actually going to split the credit 50-50. Uh, I think this was a very good defensive effort by the Denver Broncos because in the end, in the NFL, it is very hard to pitch a shutout in a game. It's Denver's only 19th franchise shutout in history, and again, for a Denver team, look, uh, Vic Fangio, I know he's a defensive expert, but uh, this is his sixth NFL uh, shutout as a head coach or coordinator. So uh, these don't come around often. And uh, when you do get them, they are sweet because that shows you the kind of hard work they put in. That kind of shows you the talent that they had. And that kind of shows you the um, what it looks like when it comes together. And it certainly came together for the Denver Broncos. And uh, look, for Denver to be effective this year, they're going to have to see more of this, but they're going to have to see it against great offenses as well too and obviously they got a good one coming in here shortly on Thursday night when uh well Patrick Mahomes he's pretty good and the Kansas City Chiefs visit Empower Field at Mile High on Thursday but I do believe a little bit of this game and how it played out really came down to Marcus Mariota Ryan Tannehill Arthur Smith and that uh, Tennessee Titans offense just looking very anemic. They could not establish the run game. This forced them into a one-dimensional play, uh, a, a play call, as well as offensive game plan, and it just isn't going to work out when you just don't have talent at quarterback. And that's that's really what it came down to. And Marcus Mariota, there's there was a lot of perfect examples of, of why um, Marcus Mariota is really being heavily criticized this year. Because he's not developing, and he's beginning to regress and, and beginning to uh, become somebody who is just not a franchise quarterback for this Tennessee Titans team. And I'll, I'll point out one specific play that was really baffling. It really was the most baffling moment of last night's game for, for Mariota in a really bad performance. Uh, Mariota, by the way, in that game, of course, being pulled but finishing 7 for 18, 63 yards, was intercepted twice, and then, of course, was sacked three times. His QB rating of 9 0.5 would be tremendous in gymnastics, not so much in the NFL. But maybe the most baffling moment was the fact that the Broncos rushed to on a second and long, and Mariota just having a ton of time in the pocket instead of staying in the pocket, sitting and delivering the football. Mariota, for an unknown reason, breaks out of the pocket, breaks out of that security, and runs right into the pursuing Von Miller. Uh, this is this is a fundamental problem from a quarterback that. Uh, is going to need a a serious amount of one-on-one -on -one work to break out of because that's a mentality. You know, he saw an open field over on the right side. He saw that open flat 
and wanted to just drift that way because natural instinct trusts his legs over his arm and as opposed to just what he should have done, which was sit in the pocket and deliver that football, it 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 just it, it, natural instinct kicks in, and unfortunately for Marcus Mariota, what he did was he, along with leaving the pocket, left his protection, left his offensive line, and now he is suspect, um, susceptible to the pass rush. That's a mouthful this uh, Monday here on the podcast. But uh, And then obviously Von Miller runs into him and, and forces the incompletion. By the way, Von Miller forcing that incompletion on a second uh, uh, and long on a two-man pass rush. Uh, I thought Von Miller wasn't really making an impact in this game. Hmm, I guess not. So certainly, look, Denver made a great bunch of great plays, but also to note, it was a really bad performance by the Tennessee Titans offense as well. I want to give a quick little shout-out to uh, the special teams. Deontay Spencer with a nice little almost broke it completely. Boy, he really wanted that one. He knew he was close. Uh, three punt returns on the day, his longest being a 42-yarder. Brandon McManus, by the way, three for three in field goals, including two 50-plus yarders. So a good day for Brandon McManus uh, kind of re- rebounding. And Colby Wadman averaging 50 yards per punt, uh, pinned him inside the 20 twice. He did have that one that uh, was kind of a, not exactly a shank, but uh, it certainly was not good as Colby Wadman punted the ball eight times, his longest being a 56-yarder. So Denver gets the win over Tennessee. Overall, real bad on offense. Really great on defense. They finished two for 14 on third down. Obviously, just a really poor day on offense. There's no ifs, ands, buts around it. Uh, look, this was a offense was that that was anemic. And I'm gonna I'm gonna zero in on the play calling here. Um, was a really interesting game plan put together by Rich Scangarello because I just don't think it was very good. It was too conservative. Uh, there were too many times where it looked like they had opportunities to attack the Tennessee defense, and they just didn't take advantage of that. And I'm not sure. And look, this is just a gut feeling, maybe just a theory. Just it seemed like a game plan that they didn't want to shoot themselves in the foot. And it's almost like, and I don't mean this as a disrespect to the Tennessee Titans, but it almost felt like a game plan that. Um, Rich Gangarello crafted that they knew they were going to beat the Titans if they just didn't beat themselves. That's really what it comes down to. And so that's why it was a conservative game plan in the the idea that, look, we're better than the Titans. We're just going to be, we are going to beat the Titans. We'll play this attrition battle and play this conservative game and get the win in a, you know, 16 3, 16 7, uh, 20 to, to 10 grinded out attrition game. And it turns out that's exactly how it happened. Denver did score in all four quarters, a field goal in the first, second, and fourth quarter with the touchdown from Phillip Lindsay coming in that third quarter. Um, but this is a Denver team that kind of played this attrition battle because of based on what they saw, uh, maybe that was the reason for their game plan. Maybe it wasn't, but certainly a very interesting uh, game plan that just seemed way too conservative, not very aggressive. And obviously, with the Kansas City Chiefs coming in on Thursday night, that is going to have to change. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Let's get your reaction from social media. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio. 
on Twitter. Josh on Twitter says everybody was saying it was the defense earlier in the year, and now we know it was not. It's not a Flacco issue, but a play-calling issue. Two wins in the next three before the bye week make a late-season rally look possible. Uh, Certainly, yes, uh, very much a late-season rally is very possible. Uh, Look, Joe Flacco did not play well, but certainly I don't think he was the reason why that offense didn't play well. Uh, Play-calling, a big problem. Now, that was a big issue with Rich Gangarello. There were several, include, including early in the game when uh, it was a third and ten, and they decided to go with a little uh, halfback run to the right, a little sweep that just didn't really um, it didn't pan out. I, I didn't understand the play call at all. Very conservative from Rich Gangarello. Jake says a win against the Chiefs in this season has a completely different feel. Yeah, totally agree with Jake. Of course, joins me on the podcast every once in a while. Heather has thoughts that says, well, simply put, Seven sacks. It's nice to see them get to the quarterback. Chief and Death on Twitter says, defense, terrifyingly offensive offense. <laughs> yeah, it was a very offensive offense that um, well, just did not look very good. Uh, James says on Twitter, literally no brainwaves after sitting through that. Oh, wasn't that bad? Okay, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. It was very tough to watch for that first half. Boy, it, I, I got up after at halftime and I thought to myself, man, we have to do another half of this? Oh, boy. Nick on Twitter, Nick Sama says, ugly offense as usual, defense godlike. Uh, look, this is a defense that, uh, as original Alma Toyo says, that D, though, they look good. This is the defense that everybody was looking for. This is the defense that everybody was expecting from Vic Fangio is limiting the points, potential shutouts, seven sacks, three interceptions, just causing havoc, just causing havoc all over the place for the opponent. Look, regardless of how much talent is on the other side, regardless of who is their opponent, that's a good day for the Denver Broncos. But again, can't get too high on this win as they got to uh, essentially regroup and get ready for a short week Thursday night. Kansas City coming to Denver. And look, this is a Denver team that I know everybody wants to talk about. Well, you know, they got no chance against a, a Patrick Mahomes-led Kansas City team. Just want to point out, and I understand different quarterback in the past uh, for several of these games, but Denver, while being 0-3 in the last three matchups, those games have been very close, Okay. 27 to 23 loss last year in 2018 when Case Keenum basically misses Demarius Thomas on a practice throw. They were a game-winning touchdown with 20 seconds away that was missed by about a you know, couple inches because Case Keenum is Case Keenum and he missed Demarius Thomas. In 2017, 27-24 loss where KC won that off course on a last second field goal to win and if I remember correctly that was on New Year's Eve. 30 to 27 loss in 2016. That was in OT. So look, you see the trend here is that Denver and Kansas City they play close games and while Denver has come up on the short end of the stick the last 3 games, certainly last year they had their opportunities to win and they just not couldn't well they just couldn't execute. So Denver Different team this year. See if they can take advantage of that and beat the Chiefs. And all of a sudden, you beat the Chiefs, and you are one game out of the division lead in the AFC West. And wow, 
How different does this season look if that play call is done correctly in, against Chicago? How differently does this season look if you don't give that game away to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Maybe you're looking at a much better 4-2 and two record, and you're actually leading the AFC West. So it's crazy to see how much things can change. Again, this is a week-to-week league. I keep telling people that. It is a week-to-week league. All right, let's get to that interview with Justin Simmons. I had a one-on-one with Justin Simmons in the locker room postgame. Chatted a little bit about how the Denver Broncos got to Marcus Mariota and flustered him against Tennessee. And we look forward to the Kansas City Chiefs and what Patrick Mahomes has to offer. What did you guys do to really frustrate Mariota and then obviously Tannehill in the second half? Um, I thought it was all, you know, great pressure with our D-line. Um, you know, it's hard on, on quarterbacks when you don't get your run game going. Um and you're not able to establish a run game and get the pass game because uh, a lot of what they do is, you know, established off, you know, their run, play action, taking deep shots. And so um, when our D-line was able to, you know, kind of stop that and limit, you know, what they did in the run game, it kind of opened us up in the back end to, you know, play a little bit more aggressive and in the, in the back end and to, you know, um, you know, make the quarterbacks try and beat us. And so I thought that's what we did a great job of today. I'm going to throw you guys some praise, though, because Fangio postgame talked about how the back end was helping the front end get those sacks. When you hear something like that from your coach, that's got to make you feel good. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely does. Um, and like I think it's rushing coverage working together. Um, you know, they do a good job, um, you know, rushing the quarterback and making him make quick decisions. And then, you know, if we're playing tight coverage, um, a lot of times quarterbacks don't like the throws they got to make, but they got to make them. And then, you know, we're able to capitalize and make them pay for it. So, you know, it's a combination of both things. Um, so, yeah, obviously, yeah, that's great praise, but, you know, it's also hats off to the to the D-line, you know, making those plays. Pretty cool to get the win in front of that Team 100 as well, too. Oh, yeah. You know, um, having those guys out here today, um, you know, we wanted them to be proud of, you know, the legacy that they left and they've built. And so, um, you know, having them out there is obviously, you know, extra motivation as well. How long do you celebrate the win? Short week. And then what does Mahomes bring in that offense that you guys really need to focus on? Um, honestly, probably just for the night. You know, celebrate it, enjoy it, kind of relax, and then um, shoot. Tomorrow, you know, we're game prepping, um, getting ready to play on Thursday. So, um, and then Mahomes, man, I mean, you know, we see what he does week in and week out. You know, he does a great job extending plays. Obviously, he's mobile, but, you know, in terms of passing the ball, he's, you know, electric. And, um, you know, with their offense, they're all about the big plays, and we need to make sure we do a good job of trying to limit those, you know, big plays as much as possible and, um, you know, create as much havoc and get as many turnovers as we can. Last one here, your locker mate over here, Kareem Jackson. This guy's been balling out. Talk about him and his play. I mean, it's been huge. When you have somebody um, playing at that high of a level, you know, it makes your job easier in the back end all over the place. Um, you know, he sets you up, puts you in great calls, puts you in the right positions at the right time. So, um, man, having him has been huge. So, again, big thank you to Justin Simmons, who's been playing really, really well this year. Justin Simmons joining the podcast. I appreciate uh, his time as he was in a rush. Uh, Broncos. They've uh, got Kansas City coming up this Thursday. Of course, our daily podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. That rooftop is just tremendous. Whether it is uh, nice and sunny outside or even a little chilly, don't forget that's a heated rooftop up there at Tap 14. So be sure to go check it out. And the 100 Colorado Distilled Spirits is just a tremendous menu. You go on over there and you can see all kinds of great drinks that uh, I've been trying at least. Well, I'm probably up to... 60 or 70 different kinds, and they are all just tremendous over there at Tap 14. Be sure to go check it out at tap14.com. 
Our podcast all done for today. But again, like I mentioned, a daily podcast. So be sure to check out the rest of the podcast for this week. As we lead up to Thursday night, we will have a special podcast, of course, not only on Thursday, but also a wrap-up. And then, of course, on Friday as well, too, as the Broncos have a short week. So be sure to stay tuned to MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com for all your news on the Broncos. A lot of great stuff from writing. Well, uh, Rich Kurtzman, uh, Zach Seegers, um, Tori Rees, myself. You can catch all that great stuff over there. And MileHigh Sports and Neil Apiro also uh, getting in on our Broncos action as well, too. So a lot of great stuff over there at MileHighSports.com for player profiles, interviews, breakdowns, discussions, audio, all kinds of great stuff at MileHighSports.com. We are all done for the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you like this podcast, hey, be sure to subscribe on the platform that you listen to your podcasts on, whether that be Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. We are available all over the place with the Broncos Blitz podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio, on Twitter. All done for the podcast. We'll see you next time. From MileHighSports.com and MileHighSports.com's all-new MileHighSports mobile app where you can find all kinds of great Broncos news, discussions, player profiles, and interviews at MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. See you, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit MileHighSports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.